Hello and welcome to episode 60 of the Grillin' and Chillin' cast. I am your host, Brandon Nichols. Joining me, Sam Spangler. Sam, happy 4th of July weekend. Happy 4th of July weekend to you. By the time but everybody not to hears me. this. Not to, to me. You. Not to me. Yes, not, to, not me. to you. I'm sorry, sir. I will be working this extended weekend. <laughs> plus a day. Plus a day. Plus, <laughs> plus a couple days, so that should be fun. Does it, is, it, is it hard for you on weekends like this when there's a big holiday and everybody's typically getting together and doing stuff? No, it's been part of my life. Basically, since I've started working an adult job, an so adult job, yeah. yeah. So this is just this is just part of the part of the gig. I luckily I do have a job that they do give off for big holidays like this. So I, with it being Sunday, I do have Monday off, so I do have an extended vacation, I guess. Well, and if I wanted to actually have the holiday, I could probably find somebody to switch with if I wanted it back. Did you just like find somebody and then, or do you have to like go, is it more than just finding somebody? Well, here's the fun part of it is now I am in control of the schedule for my two different hospitals that basically cover for us. Oh, so okay. I would not be able to just swap somebody, but I have easier access to talk to the people and then make those changes because gotcha. I, I do it. I have a random question for you that won't make sense right now. In the, I in love the distant, questions. in Tell the me. distant future, I'll explain it to you. Um, do you have your own office area? Um, or your that's own? That's kind of a yes and a no. So there is a, there's a couple places. There's a physician lounge and a couple different places in the hospital where you can go. It's stocked with food. It's got computers to chart on and stuff like that. And there's two different places for that. One has food, one does not. Then we also do have our outpatient neurology office. On the weekend, a lot of times that's where I'll go to. Because it's nice, there's nobody in there. Um, I don't have to wear a mask. I can do, you know, my charting and everything um, undisturbed. But during the weekday, I can't because there's people there. But you don't have anything where, like, you put pictures of your family or no, no, no. nothing don't like that? don't have anything like that. I could get a locker in the neuro office if I wanted to, you know, hang up pictures there. But but when you also live, like, 10 minutes from your... Yeah. Are you still, now, do you travel still at all between the two? No, not really? really. So East is covered by myself and another person. And then we have people filling in from ancillary services, for ambulatory services, okay. um, when we are not there. But <clears throat> me and this person typically cover East. And if we aren't there, then one of them is covering. So there's no reason to pull one of us to go elsewhere because we'd have to cover us not being there. Gotcha. That makes total sense. Yeah. Um. Let's get into it. Sam, what have you been playing? So, you know, it's actually been kind of interesting. So, I kind of, my love um, of, well, I will say my involvement with MLB The Show has kind of fizzled out a little. A little bit. A little bit, just because I, I've gotten through the March to October. Didn't win the World you don't, Series. You don't have this drive to do it again yeah, since the World yet. Series? But I'm just like, I could see me doing it again. It was enjoyable enough, but I kind of am like, I'm ready to jump onto some different games. So I've actually been playing a couple of things. Um, in uh, Game Pass, uh, Planet Alpha came to there, and I just I kind of watched the trailer for it, and it reminds me of an out-of-this-world-like. The, the out did you ever play that back in the day? Which Out-of-this-world? Out of this world. I think though. it was I played on Outer Super World. Ni- no, and no, different oh, thing. You're talking I think older, it was on like Super Nintendo. Older game. Okay. No, not, so, the, not, not that I remember. It's kind of, it's a side scroller where you're put into an alien universe. This is, I mean, this is actually true for both of them. And you're just trying to figure out puzzles and things as you go along. Okay. Now I played, you know, out of this world on Super Nintendo back in the day and was never able to beat it. Like I could get so far like to maybe the second or third level, if you'd call it that, didn't really have levels per se. But man, you know how games just kicked your butt back then? Oh, yeah. Like you just. They're, they're unforgiving. Yeah, they're unforgiving. There wasn't really any way to look into how do I beat certain areas. And you couldn't like keep like 20 different saves to come back no. to the area that no, you wanted exactly. To. Like if you died, you started over. Now, I have seen playthroughs of Out of This World now that I think, you know, people will beat it in like an hour or something, maybe even less. And it's just like, man, but you have to know what to do. Right. And if you die, there's no like coming back. It's like. You know, on from that last checkpoint, it's like, no, you're starting over. So it was just one of those games I kind of hopped into. I played a little bit too. I think Team 17, the people that made Worms and everything, yeah. are the developers of it. And it was it was fine. I just, it's just kind of an environmental, very simple game. Um, and I was just like, eh, it's interesting enough. Um, so I spent a few minutes with that. And then, so with Battlefield 2042 back in the news, I've heard lots of people going back to Battlefield 4. Right. I owned Battlefield 4 back in the day, so I re-downloaded it just to say... Plus, oh. it's on Game Pass. And it's on Game Pass. But yeah, I did. I owned it. It's on Game Pass. And I think PlayStation just gave it away last 
Yeah, um, pro- I yeah, think it was maybe one of their so. games last month. But that is one of those games that I've always loved the Battlefield series compared to a lot of the other um, military shooters. I just right. feel like it encompasses that feeling of just like tons of stuff going on. And if you do coordinate with a squad and everything, it can be a blast. And the destruction in the Battlefield games, you know, went to another level, starting with Bad Company and moving on. And then playing it again, I was like, this is, I like this. And I'm like, I'm ready for Battlefield 2042. Yeah. I'm like, I'm ready for it. I'm ready to start playing again. This is the world I want to live in. I am a little bit concerned with 128 players. Um, well, that's just one mode. I mean, I think, true. I, I don't think, I think they'll have a typical team deathmatch esque thing, plus probably a capture the flag yeah. that's large scale, small scale. Mm-hmm. I think that's what, isn't that what Modern Warfare did with this past one? Was they did normal scale, but they also had their, not war zone, but whatever their all out war yeah, one was. A bigger one. And I mean, I'm fine with that. It's just even playing with this where there's only, I think, 64 players on each, or maybe only 32. 32. 32. I think 32. It still seems chaotic it as does. well. <laughs> it's bananas. But it has very good moments from moment to moment in it. And as you start going through, and um, I'm, I'm hoping that they can improve their progression system kind of like the you know call of duty unlocking weapons unlocking guns because right. i feel like they they were doing like battlefield for me it would have been the pinnacle of how that felt as you were using different weapons you kind of would get new scopes and things like that and it worked pretty well when it went into battlefield one and then battlefield v i ne- i didn't understand it anymore i was like what how am i supposed to equip this where is this coming from and i do feel like call of duty does that piece better like using yeah. a certain gun and having it like be upgraded now in the New in the trailer, the gameplay trailer for 42, there's that clip where he gets on the elevator and then they pull up the He's modifying. The, like, I love, I went, yeah. I went, what is that? That looks like I need to know the, the ins and outs of that because right. that looks like an amazing way to swap crap yeah, in and out and make to like on adjust the fly your changes. systems and everything. Because and, and in my brain, I immediately went, that's what PUBG needs on console. Like, I just, as soon as he started doing that, I'm like, yeah. That looked pretty cool. That's what I would need on a PUBG t- style game. <laughs> so, I mean, I am psyched for Battlefield 2042. I'm ready for it. I want it. Um, please give it to me. And I'm like, I'm ready for better visuals. I'm hoping that the destruction goes to the uh, southern, uh, the same, if not higher levels of what is brought to the Battlefield arena. Um, bring it to me. Yeah. Ready for it. Inject it in my veins. <laughs> so you played a little bit more Battlefield. Yep, Battlefield 4. Um, and that was pretty much it for me. That's all. That's pretty much yeah. all you've done. Yeah. How about so, you, my friend? <clears throat> I've been playing MLB The Show. I've kind of got a just a, a constant addiction to I it. I haven't gotten beaned anymore? No. <laughs> no, not but not from pitching. Uh-huh. I did. I have been. So I've gotten way better at hitting in-game. And the hitting's gotten a little bit more difficult. <clears throat> and I've been hit a lot by, like, inside pitches. And, like, I'm like, what the? Like, I don't ever remember getting hit this many times in a row. Uh, fun story. So Logan's always kind of like baseball. Um, he's been watching me play a lot. So I've got my pitchings on All-Star, um, which is just below the top Hall of Fame one, um, which I, according to March to October, March to October puts me on Hall of Fame pitching. <clears throat> but I've got, in my road to the show, I leave it on All-Star. So Logan's been just watching me play a lot. And he goes, and I was I was in the middle of like a big important game, and I'm like deep in, and I've got like two guys on, and Logan goes, "Can I try to pitch?" And I went, uh, "Let me get out of this inning." <laughs> I was like, "Let me, you yeah. know." So I got through the inning, and I was like, "You know, at this point, it's, who cares?" And I was like, "Here." So I I walked him through it, and so he threw a pitch, and he he nailed where he was trying to throw it, but it was a ball. And I, so I explained to him how he had to hold it. He just kept throwing fastballs. And my problem was he kept wanting to just throw it right down oh, the middle. No. And I kept going, don't do it, don't do it, don't throw it right down the middle. I was like, God, I wish I had this on exhibition. But I was just like, just do it. It doesn't matter. It's just a stupid video game. Um, and I, he the got... sacrifices we make for Right. So, so he does it again, gets a swinging strike. And I'm like, play the batter out. Let's see what happens. He ends up striking the batter out. Nice. Now, granted... I think he hit his spot he was trying for once. So every everyone that he got was like he was way too early or way too late on the, the mm-hmm. come down on the hitting the button. And it caused his pitch to float too high, too low. And I think because it was kicking it way out of being from in the middle where he was trying to throw it. I was like, and he got him out. And I was like, great. And I took the control over. So then I was playing the next day. And I was like, here, pitch again. Just because I wanted to see. And he struck out that guy too. Nice. But it was the same kind of issue. 
So he was just like having fun. He's like, can I play this? I was like, I was like, dude, it's on the PlayStation. You can play it whenever you want. So yesterday while I was at work, apparently they turned it on That's and he cute. was doing, going through and playing yeah. it and having fun. He got a couple hits, but he didn't think he was very good at it. And Austin, it's hard. It, it is. And Austin was like, he's not doing it the way dad does it. And I said, the only, the only difference between the way I do it and the way Logan was doing it was because Monica sent me a picture and was like, how do you hit? And I said, I use directional. And so she set that up. The biggest difference is I changed the view to be only the strike zone because then I can see, you know, and then Logan has the backup, which I, it might be the view you use where it's backed up and you can see mm-hmm. the whole player yeah, and everything. I see that. And so he, that was what he was. I was like, you can, for me, I can visually see the pitch better when I'm right on the strike zone and I can time it better. And, uh, so I did that yesterday when I got home and I handed the controller to Logan. I said, try hitting with this. I just put it in practice mode. First pitch, bam, nails a hit. And he was like, eyes got real big. And I'm like, see, it's a little better that way too. And so he's swinging at it. And then Austin got all, let me try. So I hand him the controller. He's like clipping a couple of them, but he can't hit the thing. So I told him to sit down. And then um, another piece of advice I learned from like watching other people play MLB The Show, um, and if I don't know if it would work from the backup view, but from my strike zone view, Austin was having issues. And I said, okay. And I, and I walked up to my television, and I said, right here. And he goes, yeah. I said, that's where his release point is on the pitcher's hand. When you're hitting, and you watch the pitcher come around. The problem I was having that I used to really have was I would chase so many balls outside of the zone. And it's because I was waiting till I was watching the box in front of me and I was late reacting to where the pitch was when it was in front of the box, which it could have been going across the, the plate or it could have been way like up, but I was reacting way too late. So I, I, one of the things I saw online was watch him throw, let him throw a pitch or two, see where his hand releases on the ball. That's where you watch. So when he gets in his motion, watch that spot. So then when the ball immediately leaves his hand, you can almost gauge better where it's going. Mm. So now that's on a very zone specific straight on view. When you've got the view on the show, typically you're backing up a little. So I don't know how much that would work there. But then I had him do that and I stood there and he did it. And the first thing he did was click, like got a little bit of a hit and he was like, it's just a matter of practicing and all this other stuff. So I've been playing the show. Um, I'm prepped. I'm prepping to start. um, I've been playing, uh, Oh, my Freaky Friday. Resident Evil 7. Yeah. How's that going? Um, it's going good. I'm playing tonight. So I'm, we're obviously we're recording Friday. So if you get bored tonight around 10 o'clock, hop in. Brent yeah. Brent seems to hop in the past couple times when I've been doing it. Um, dude, the, the boss fight. Uh, Which I, one? Uh, it's the one with the old man where he's where you, you're basically fighting each other with chainsaws. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it's, it, got, it got a little gory. And I was like, but it was really, it was a really funny point because I'm trying to get to this, I'm trying to find this one piece to get outside of the house. So I'm following all the things. I get stuck in this one spot for an hour and I get really agitated because I'm one of these people when I play games, I'm like, okay, it takes X amount of times doing this to kill an enemy, right? So there are these creatures that peel off of the walls and start attacking you in the basement of this house. And I counted it should take three straight headshots or um, a couple body shots and one headshot. So I was counting. Either way, it should take three, two, four bullets max. They weren't consistent. And I was, and I granted, I knew I was missing some because the aiming, that's like my biggest complaint about Resident Evil yeah, 7. Yeah, the aiming's kind of bad. It, it, the aiming sucks. But I was getting several body shots and at least one to two headshots, and they weren't going down. But then the next guy, I'd get two headshots and he'd drop. And I was like, all these enemies should be the same. Like, and Why? I, what? Why should they be the because same? Because they're right all now? the same type of enemy. Why does it matter? They don't have a different armor set. You don't know what's underneath that anyways, that's anyways, peeling off of. Anyways. So I kept getting agitated, but I finally got through it. Stop trying to micromanage. And so I just let it be what I it get, is. I get to this point where I'm like, okay, there's the piece. There's a little, there's a little CGI cut scene type thing. And then like, I'm like, okay. And I go into the next room. And I look and I'm like, this is a gated area, like this big open square thing with bodies hanging. And I went, that looks like a fighting pit. 
I go up the stairs and I round the corner and I look and there's the thing that I need to get hanging from a rope right in front of the only break that she looks down into this pit. And I, I stopped and I, and on the stream, I went, God damn it. Yep. This is a trap. This is a boss, a boss fight. I'm going to grab this. I'm going to get knocked in and then I'm going to have a boss fight. And I kind of looked around and I went, well, here we go. And I grabbed the thing. And the next thing I know, I'm getting punched. I'm getting thrown into the pit. And then we start fighting. He's got an ax and I just, I have to knock him down to where he drops the ax and then he pulls a chainsaw out of a dead body and starts chasing me with it. Nice. It, well, no, it's, I guess it's, it's a weird, like, scissor chainsaw thing. And then I have to grab another chainsaw. Yeah, scissor chainsaw. And we're, do. like, attacking each other with chainsaws. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. This is totally <laughs> ridiculous. But then, like, I have to knock him down and then just shove the chainsaw into him. <laughs> and then he heals. But so his, like, body keeps going like this and then back together. And uh -huh. I'm like, this is, I'm glad, like, I'm glad I'm not playing this where my kids can see it. And it's like at this point, almost midnight. And I'm just like, what is happening? Right. But once I beat him, I was like, okay, I need a break. And then I was telling Brent, um, cause we were talking while I was playing. And then I sent him a message afterwards, the stupid woman in the wheelchair. I get done with this boss fight. I'm like, all right, I'm just gonna go upstairs and save my game real quick. So I go up the stairs from the room I'm in and I go and I, I save, I walk out of the room and turn and she's just sitting there in the hallway and i'm like what the f and i start looking around and i'm like this, i don't i don't like that i don't like this sudden appearing thing so i like go down the hall and i hear this weird noise and then i'm like how did she get up here she should have gone and i turn around and i look and she's gone no wheelchair ramps no no yeah no down. well i had to crawl through a hole in the wall oh, okay so i'm like hey, where did where'd she go I'm like, is it a handicap accessible house? No, it is not a handicap. Mm. That, that's the other thing. Is like I, I have no idea where how she even got up on that second floor. Shame. Um, but nothing else is apparently human in this game. So, right. um, so. so I have that. Um, plus, we played Gang Beast last night, mm -hmm. which I think we had some fun okay. laughing at the absurdity of it. Once we were able to all get into a yeah. lobby. I was showing my son the clips that I shared with everybody and just was going through and he is just cracking up because he's like, what just happened? And I'm like, I don't know. Well, I could hear him laughing the whole time oh, we were yeah. playing too. And I need to, I guess I should tell my story about how I single-handedly got Game Beasts on. Uh, did you tell that last week? Did I tell that I last you week? I told that last week. Because I thought we just discussed this. Okay. Nope, I'm pretty sure I'll let did. it go. Um, I think you're right now that I'm thinking about it out yeah. loud. So. What was funnier was once it went live Thursday, I made that post about it, and Gang Beast replied to me with just a, a laughing meme of a baby falling mm -hmm. over. And I'm like, shut up and let me have this. <laughs> For sure. Um, but, yeah, that's pretty much all I've been playing. Nice. So um, now we're going to have Sam's least favorite part of everything we do. <sighs> it's got to be what it's got to be. It's got to be what it's got to be, and I don't. I'm going to hush it up for a little bit. All right. Be quiet, would you, Sam? Okay. This is your weekly reminder that you can find the Untitled BS Podcast wherever podcasts are distributed. And always rate, share, and hit that subscribe button. This is how the algorithms on the internet know to help move us up in the search functions. If you have a question or suggestion for the show, email us at untitledbs at psainc.com. That's psaink.com. You can find Sam on Twitter at Sam M. Spangler. You can find me pretty much anywhere on social media at PSA Press. Sam? Yes. A couple things I want to talk about before we get into our topics. Um, Sony purchased Housemark. They did. And like one of the most makes total sense purchases yeah, in the history of everything. I don't think they developed a game for anybody else. Well, I have some little notes here next to my little thing. I don't know if you noticed. Mm -mm. Um, I wanted to look it up because I was curious because it's basically been, they basically already been a PlayStation studio. Um, they have produced 19 games in their Dang, history, dating back to 1993. Whoa. Right. Wow. Um, nine, or 11 of them are Sony games. Mm -hmm. uh, six of them are PC games, including some PC systems I've never heard of. APIEG or something. Oh, I yeah. The APIEG. I love that one, man. That was a great system you're back making, in the day. Oh, yeah. 100%. Okay. I don't have a clue what you're talking uh, about. <laughs> and two Xbox games. That's literally it. Which ones? Do you know? Um, one snowboarding game. Okay. And I mean like Xbox, yeah. not and then something else i don't remember okay um what was funny about the acquisition which first of all like i said i think it's a great like they've been they, yeah they've, they've basically been, been a them. sony studio nonstop the last since ps4 with rezogun mm -hmm. um and i think rezogun really helped 
catapult them to. I feel like even before that, I think they had something. Oh, they were. They had. They had stuff before Rezo Gun. Okay. I'm just saying, like, I felt like Rezo Gun is what kind of put them more on the current spectrum of people respecting them as a. Yeah, and I, I guess know. I've heard that like in a tweet after, or not a tweet, like kind of discussion, it gives them stability. Oh, it gives them a hundred percent, which is stability. good because so, these little studios. I mean, that's the kind of thing with it. It's like um, Xbox buying um, Psychonauts people. Double Fine, Double Fine gives right. them stability, and right. I'm like, these are companies that are proven, right? And they give good. You those know, bring out those good are games, the kind of keep ac- them alive. Those are kind of that, that kind of acquisitions I like. Yeah, please. Like, um, like when I found out Double Fine, I was like. Yes, please. Give Double Fine the financial stability to just do whatever they want. Let them do Banjo-Kazooie. Oh, Oh, man. man, Wouldn't they be so good So there was a rumor going into E3 that they were going to announce a Banjo-Kazooie remake. And I was like... Or I'd I'd even be okay with Rare doing it again. Right. I mean, Banjo-Kazooie was just a fun... I don't know. And you got to have the right studio to bring into it. But I feel like Double Fine seems like a studio that could... Kind of well, they have the personality, yeah, exactly. To go with it, um, in in the uh, slew of announcements about it, um, Japan's PlayStation Twitter account accidentally posted the exact same image that everybody else was using with the PlayStation logo next to the housemark logo, but with the blue point logo, (laughs) and it was like, Congratulations! So, everyone's assuming that that Sony might buy poop by blue point next. So I did the same research I did with that because I've only I ever. I actually don't even know what Blue Point has given. So has so Blue Point them. is when they re- remade Souls, mm-hmm. not the new, not the brand new one for PS5, but the brand the original when they remade Souls. Um, Blue Point redid it. Um, they are responsible for one of their one of their two only Xbox releases was they ported Titanfall to Xbox. They, that's what they've mostly been used for is porting games to other systems. And remaking other games. Porting wasn't Titanfall already on Xbox? Porting Titanfall to Xbox? Uh, Xbox three sixty. Oh, okay. From one to three sixty. Titanfall wasn't on Xbox. I don't know. That's just what they're but but anyways, what they've done is they take other they've been taking other people's stuff and then they bring it bring bring it to other platforms. Um so they've released eleven releases. Two of them have been on Xbox. Ten of them have been on PlayStation, so I'm like, well, it kind of makes sense then mm-hmm. if you're gonna mm-hmm. do it. Yeah, um, they they're the ones. I think they're the ones that also redid ICO or ICO, however you pronounce ICO. The the when they did that right. on PlayStation Four, um, they've just that's pretty much been their shtick is they remake and port okay. games over games that have already been in existence. The un, I think they helped with the Uncharted um, remaster, okay, that kind of stuff. So. Yeah. Um, but no, I think that's a good purchase. I'm really excited for whatever Housemark does. I, in my head, they did. They probably had some obvious financial help from PlayStation for Returnal because it's a. It was already always marketed as a exclusive, but now that's like, hey, maybe they can get more financial support to refine a game like Returnal because yeah. and maybe work on like all their little issues that they had. Um. Why did I think I had one other news thing? I guess that's the only real news. There was thing actually another possible acquisition I heard, but I can't remember. And it's something that Sony by who by, by Sony? Sony. Oh gosh, man! But I have to rack my brain because it was something similar to a studio that does ports of games to. Oh, PC. There's, there's, they are potentially acquiring. A studio that is known for doing ports to PC. Oh well, that would make that sense. I mean, they're porting. Yeah, pretty they're much porting more and more. Oh, the other news thing. Um, duh. Since we're talking Sony, um, director's cut of Ghost of Tsushima, which I'm really excited full for. Dong. It's gonna hang F- down. Full baby. dong. Uh, That's right. Now, no more just really, ass cheek. Really, what this is hanging is a. You want to see how that samurai twenty dollar DLC you will baby is basically what it is. Is twenty dollar DLC. Yeah, um, they unfortunately, ad marketing has been not good for it. Yeah, I th- here's the or here's the problem. Going out of proportion, which is Here, possible. Here's the biggest problem. Um, first of all, it's it, what it is is it's twenty dollars DLC, and the problem is Sony Sony's stupid ass decision to make all PS5 games first party PS5 games seventy dollars, which is also going to be the same price of. EA games going forward on both systems, not just Sony. But I think 
and I'm trying to, I'm trying to, it's kind of like a chicken or the egg first. I want to know who made the decision, like Sony or EA, or to make games for this generation $70, because I feel like one of them made the initial decision after discussing it with the other one, because they're the only two companies so far that have said upcoming generational games are going to be $69.95. But anyways, I digress. So yeah, when we have uh, Sakurai on next week, we can talk to him about it. Okay. Sounds good. Um, but the, so basically it's updated. There are a lot of refinements that they've made just in general. Um, the PS5 port will add dual sense controls and different little things, uh, faster, way faster loading times, uh, ray tracing, all the standard PS5 styles upgrade. So the problem is it's a $20 upgrade if you don't own Ghost of Tsushima. So, which, so, well, I guess I should say it's a $70 PS4 game because it's a director's cut and an $80 PS5 game for the director's cut. If I remember correctly, I might be off in either direction, but if you already own Ghost of Tsushima, it's an extra $20 on PS4. So it's a glorified DLC. You get a whole brand new Island, um, new gear, new story, um, or, or not new story, an added on story. Um, and some, you know, a whole bunch of other extras. Now, if you have it on PS5, or if you want to upgrade it to PS5, you have to pay the $20 to upgrade to PS4, or to get it for PS4, and then the additional $10 to upgrade it to PS5. Because it's, so it's basically, you're getting that $10 for a PS5 expansion. And I don't feel like it. it's uncommon for game studios to double dip when there's a transition to the next generation. I don't think that's too uncommon. Last of Us, the first one did it, where they had like, you know, the PS3 version and then it went to like a PS4, like right. they offered that. And so I don't think it's uncommon for them to say, hey, here's this. It, it doesn't look great just because I think had they maybe just said, hey, there's the PS version, maybe it's free to upgrade for those that already own it. But then there's DLC. Right. If you want the director's cut and this other stuff, maybe that would have read a little bit better than, hey, here's the PS5 yeah. and then all So basically, the- if you have a PlayStation 5 and you want that version of the director's cut, you have to pay $30 to upgrade from it. If you don't own it, you have to spend 75 or $80 to get it. But yeah. you know. Which, I mean, gamers always complain about how much things cost anyway, regardless of what you price something. People complain. I mean, back in the day when Horse Armor was, you know, released on um, <laughs> Oblivion. Yeah, or Oblivion. Oblivion. It was Oblivion. Oblivion. People went bonkers, you know. Right. Sky- horse armor this is ridiculous i can't believe they'd expect us to pay that but then but now but then people shut up and they pay it right i mean it's like every call of duty everybody complains about every single call of duty well you know vote with your wallet right don't buy it but you buy it because otherwise these companies would stop doing this if you if people were so upset about this director's cut coming and they were like we're just not going to purchase it that company would make a a change and say well that didn't sell anything but peanuts right we're not going to do this um i have one thing i did want to get your opinion on before we get to our topics uh doom eternals Mm. next gen release is out and it's free for playstation uh, four to five obviously free to xbox Mm. one to x and s now they're catching a lot of flack a little bit rightfully so but i i'm trying to been wrap my head around why who's catching flack um id okay that's that's who makes right i don't know why my brain should why are they catching flack so the ps5 upgrade is getting basically everything the ps or the xbox upgrade is getting with one exception the your progress from the ps4 version cannot be moved over to the ps5 version now the reason i'm going to say this is an id issue is because playstation's already given this like this is something other games have done already isn't can, it kind of a little bit difficult to transition from the playstation 4 like isn't there more trouble than it should be to like move saves from ps4 to ps5 there's a lot of other games that have already done it but isn't it still a pain i don't think so i don't know i wouldn't think so chatter um, i've heard is that like the the moving from ps4 to ps5 the saves are a little bit of a debacle they're not quite as smooth is like Microsoft's Xbox. Like, it just works. It's just like, it just works. It just works. Valhalla was just a straight 
just upload the save and it was there. Mm-hmm. Like there was nothing, you know, and I feel like, especially since the acquisition from Microsoft, I feel like there's not, you can't say, oh, we can't, we just can't figure it out or we don't have the money to figure out how to do that. I know who who do you think yeah. is really to blame for that? Like, even if it is mm, difficult, I don't know. if it's there and other companies yeah. have proven they can do it. Well, I think the hard part is that we would need to talk to a studio head at id, which I actually do know somebody that works at id. So I'll have to maybe reach out to them and just see. You're making that up. No, too. I'm actually not making oh. it up. I do actually. <laughs> one of my, the gals that I work with, her son works for id. Really? And so maybe I can reach out to him and just kind of get his like feels on this a little bit. I would love some kind of something because yeah. right now it just looks like they they're gonna, just they they're giving do, them the shaft. They because, just didn't want to do because it because Bethesda is owned by Microsoft. Right? Like, hey, you right. want the full thing? Come right. to come to Microsoft. Come to well, Game Pass. and just to see, you know, what is the actual? Is it more difficult to move it to PlayStation versus like Xbox? Because from what I, there's been kind of like an opinion piece kind of going around that that developers that work with Sony have a little bit more challenges faced toward to them now that's that's in relation to indie developers right exactly but even it isn't an indie developer no no no, no. i'm not saying that but even still they are no longer they're owned by microsoft now so there is a piece that's like maybe they just are like okay well we don't care as much and you know this is we're going to give this to our xbox people no problem because the the systems that have been built for xbox are smoother and we're not going to be as worried about it with Sony moving forward. It'll be there maybe some at some point, just not day and date, along with Microsoft. Hmm. So, But I don't know, yeah. personally. I mean, no, like I, I said, s- you'd have to talk to somebody that was in the know. And, I mean, if that's just kind of one of those things that's, you know, upsetting people, uh, which, I mean, everything does nowadays, it's like, well, I mean, they Microsoft owns them. Sorry. Right. Sam. Guess what? We're not get, getting Ghost of the Shusima director's cut. So, you know, there you go. What do you mean? I'm just saying in comparison, like, oh. you know, like, cry about it. But, like, yeah, we're not getting a, like, God of War Ragnarok. Right. We're, you know, we're bummed about that. Oh, no, your saves don't carry over. Who cares? So. Um, which I'm, I'm telling you, that's my next thing is to get uh, God of War on to <laughs> yeah, Game Pass. Luck. I got, I got Game happen. Pass on on. Yeah, just start uh, tweeting Corey Balrog, right? Yeah. Start reaching out to him. Corey Corey says he plays. Does he not have the the coolest last name to be working on a God of War title? Right. He does. He really does. And he looks. Even though I think a Balrog is more. And and not to mention the way he looks, anyways. Yes. But I'm just like, man, what a cool name. Did you ever watch Raising Kratos like I asked you to? No. You know how I do things when people tell me to do stuff. You I should don't. watch it just for the entertainment value yeah. of it. So, Sam, uh, you had a great topic for yeah. today. What is it? So, I was thinking about this. I was, you know, outside mowing, which I love. I've talked about it in other platforms that I've been on. I do love mowing. Um, but I was now, have you seen Mowing Simulator? No. It is a thing. I don't. Don't. I, I believe think you. it's on I Game Pass. <laughs> Because okay. somebody posted something about that the dude was my writing. wife would kick my ass. <laughs> it would be hilarious. She saw me playing this game. You should do it just to watch. She would oh, you know what you do? You set it up and you, you get um you get Kai to sit down and she comes in, she says, I'm teaching Kai the I'm basics. Kidding. It's a simulator. He's learning how to do it. So someday oh when we have our own gosh. piece of land. That's incredible. <laughs> I got to find the name of this. Okay, I was going to say, ahead. you actually need to look into this because I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to have to download this. So, but as I was, you know, kind of thinking about like topics to hey, I started thinking about how I think Sony may be an adult Nintendo in a way. And what do I mean by that is that when you look at, you know, when I started growing up, you know, in the 80s and everything, and I had this love for Nintendo and everything, and there was even a, you know, st- true story that Nintendo and Sony were once going to be working together right. They, like a, they, Sony was supposed to be making the next Nintendo. Yeah, they were going to be making a console together and moving forward to the generation. And I guess I think Nintendo backed out of the deal. And so then Sony went on to make the PlayStation and what it's moved on to. Yeah, they were kind of like screwed then. Yeah, exactly. They started their, you know, like making their own way. And where I feel like Nintendo has these like beloved franchises that people are just like, man, Mario's great. You know, Yoshi's amazing. Zelda's amazing. Um, 
Oh man, Metroid's amazing. And people, they go back to the well time and time and time again. And it hits, I think, I don't know, I'm going to speak for myself. I don't know about you, but in the nostalgia factor. Like oh, there's some nostalgia. Right, right, like right. Mario Odyssey comes out. Of course I'm buying Mario Odyssey, right. man. I love Mario back in the day. And like the first 3D Mario in a while. Yes, please give that to me. You know, like a new Zelda comes out. Yeah, man. Like I remember playing Zelda back in the day. Like I, that was great and everything. I wasn't as much of a Metroid person. Right. As some people. But, you know, the new Metroid Dread, I'm like, looks interesting to me. But they go back to that well time and time again. And they are probably some of the best game creators that have ever been around. Right. But let me tell you, like, could you, could I, like, really tell you the story of any of these characters? From other than the basic Mario's going to save Peach. Zelda's going to save Princess Zelda. Right. Link. Sorry. Link. Link's going to save Princess Zelda. Metroid's exploring. Like, that's about it. That's right. about the depth that I know of this. Geared at children, so you're, it's yeah. not trying to be... And I love Nintendo. I love Nintendo. The things they put out are quality products and everything. But I think what Sony did, I mean, when they started off, they started developing these franchises of their own and coming up with things that people, you know, fell in love with. Final Fantasy VII, Chrono Trigger, um, God of War on, you know, the PlayStation 2, um... Uh, what are some of the other? Let's say, I mean, let's, I'll even just jump. Last of Last Us on of us, PlayStation right. Three. Ghost of Tsushima. Ghost of Tsushima. So, but like those stories told Uncharted. an adult yeah. story for the gamer. So it grew from what we were as we grew up with video games and loved them. But it's now telling a story that resonates with the adult individual. And has a lot of the, I think, key features that a Nintendo game has, which is like gameplay, um, oh, not fanatics. What I'm thinking, gameplay antics that are just like heart, like perfect. Like they like work really well. They make sense. They you know do pretty good. Sometimes with their first like run in the series, it kind of takes them a little while to find right. their footing. But it gets better over time, you know? Like, right. By the time I'd gotten to Uncharted 4, they had honed the climbing and the shooting and like all that. And it just felt like, this works. This is yeah. amazing. Except for the sword fighting. I could never figure that out. Um, dude, that fight at the end of that game. Yes, dude. I'm telling you. I know I hated that fight too. God of War. God of War, I think, actually like nailed the like gameplay right it off the bat. Felt, it, the controls felt amazing. Great. Other than the jump. The frog jump. The double frog jump was a little crappy. Yeah. But the rest of it felt really, really good. Right. And then as it's gone on, you, I think you developed this Kratos character that, you know, was like, I didn't really care for him. I'm like, I don't like yeah. this guy. He's a jerk. I'm right. like, he's an ass. And he just like yells at people and kills people. And he doesn't really think about it. But then the story they told, I'm not going to spoil or anything, was very personal. Yeah, it was the, very, the newest Yeah, God very personal. Right. Resonated with me They more. grounded him. Absolutely. From the ridiculousness of the original trilogy, yeah. too. Resonated with me more as an adult and everything like that. Um, same with, I know I just had already said the Uncharted, fran Uncharted franchises, but that like started, like resonated more with me oh, as yeah. they moved on. The, the end of the, un it was, that's the, the other thing, but the, like the end of God of War, the end, the end of Uncharted 4, you're like, you're like looking at these characters from a personal level. Yep. And not just, that was a fun video game. Right. Even the end of Last of Us 2 was like heart-wrenching. And you're just yeah. like, man, like you're really trying to tell people stories. Mm -hmm. And um, so, okay, well, here's a question then. What um, do you think that's a product of the culture from which both of these companies come from? the you know japan and that area of them trying to focus purely on like i get uncharted is made by an american company naughty dog and and um, i think it's the culture of two different identities that one i don't want to say it's stuck in the past because it's not and it's grown but like nintendo i feel like it's stuck oh, i don't even like using the word stuck right it has grown and evolved on what it has done, but it does what it does really well. Right. Where Sony has taken its franchises and things that it's developed and then made, honed it into this like narrative-driven story piece that like there are probably more Sony, you know, single-player games that I have played through and beaten. And I, cause I'm just like, the story has like driven me to, you like, need to know how to it play. Goes, yeah. Right. I'm just like, I want to know this. Even if it's predictable at times, you're like, yeah, how is this play out? Right. And as an adult, I want to know it. And I will say to that matter for me too. And this is just me personally, is that that makes the PlayStation in all honesty, the console more that I like, I play the single player thing and then it's, it just sits. I don't do anything with it. Right. Then like the next big single player thing comes out and I'll be like, Oh, maybe I'll jump into that right. and then play that. 
and then like kind of sit. Which is basically how I've always played my systems. Um, I've always played single player games on Sony, and I'm and I mean and I mean that from not just Sony exclusives. I mean, there's a new Assassin's Creed out. Yeah. Okay, I'll play it on my Sony. You know, whatever. There's a game I want to play with friends. I'll play it on my Xbox. Yeah. You know, and then I have the Nintendo for that nostalgic. You yeah, know, hundred percent. It, it, it's kind of like this. I feel like there's this ideology of. I don't know how how to say this other than this way. You have the where a lot of the the gaming culture started in the Japanese market and the you know that Asian area, to where. Nintendo is, I know you don't want to use the word stuck. I know, it's hard not to. Traditionalists. Boom. They're traditionalists. They're very traditional. Okay. So, and, and here's, here's, a, here's a good way for how I would look at it. I feel like you but have. But they are also masters of their craft. Right, right. They've honed it. There's yeah. like, you have Nintendo who is in this, right? You have Sony who has taken the same idea, evolved it, and kind of added a Western spin on it. With you're adding the, the whatever, you know, the, the character-driven stories and trying to make it more personal. So you, you have the same idea, but mm-hmm. for an mm-hmm. older audience. And then I feel like you have Microsoft, who isn't really attached to those traditions. And that's why they're, like, always doing something. They're, that, that's they're a little like, loose, but, like, they're a kind of a wild card. Yeah. And I would like to see them find their way. And I feel like... You know, it's the fourth Xbox in the generation at this point. And I feel like maybe, the, well, actually, I will take that. I'm going to actually take it back. The Xbox 360, I feel like they yeah. found their footing a little bit. They found their footing of what they were, what they were bringing to the, you know, the game space. Right. But they, they didn't really kind of evolve. They kind of like fell on the traditional, like, well, the, or not traditional, the constant like pattern of like, oh, well, this works. So we're going to do it. This works. We're going to do it. And they never really grew where I, I'm hoping that with this fourth generation, that's the direction they start taking as they grow a little bit. I feel like company. I feel like it was you could say that the first Xbox was like the one to 10 year old Xbox. And then you had the Xbox 360, which was the preteen Xbox and they like got all the fun experiences they're getting ready you know and then 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 the one came out and you're that early teenager Xbox who's temperamental and doesn't like thinks they're everything in the world but they need to get their shit together and then the Xbox one is kind of maybe they're we're graduating high school we're starting to get our okay this is where we're at and now you're you now you've hit X and S and they're like all right we need to find our our footing again. Our footing. Yep. We are adults going into this now. We've we yep. we are who we are, and we need to establish that and get prepare for the rest of everything. I really hope they do. I hope they are able to find their way. And I mean, with their release schedule, and actually, actually I mean, with e- all of these game studios right now, their release schedule is pretty decent for like at least a steady stream of games. If you own all systems, of like, right. hey, there's going to be something to play, you know, and it's going to be you know different. Like it's going to feel like, you know, I don't know what to. Oh well. Um, the sim, um, the flying sim. Flight simulator. Flight simulator. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, that was really hard to come <laughs> I know. The sim. Like, that's just something <laughs> so different from anything in the space, but I can see why people get attached to it and say, oh, man, this is something unique. This is something really cool in this game space. And then just building off of that, I would like to see what they come up with. You know, the fact like Ratchet and Clank just released, and, you know, it's like a very like kitty friendly game with, you know, like. I would say family friendly, not kitty friendly. Yeah, family friendly game um, that looks inc- you know incredible and amazing and plays well and stuff like that. There's different areas for each uh, system to kind of develop things that haven't been done before. And I'm curious to see where they all go. Right. The um, I feel like I want Microsoft to like you said everything you said, but I would like them to also maybe try and grab some of that traditionalist ideas. It's almost like, for example, online gaming think you and I both agreed somebody needs to go over to Nintendo and sit them down a young person and go we need to talk about how you handle your multiplayer how you handle incorporating multiplayer into your games because people love your games not all your games need to be multiplayer we know we understand that but the ones you have need help you need to work with your community better and then I wish somebody from 
you know, like like so somebody from Sony needs to go down and talk to somebody from Nintendo, and somebody from Microsoft needs to come over to to Sony and go, we need to work on cultivating a better environment for all of your gamers. You have everything set up exactly how you need. You have your niche. You go your way. We need you to think outside of the box a little bit more. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Don't be so tied to the same traditional aspects that maybe Nintendo might be tied to. They're each, I feel like Nintendo and Sony, different aspects are tied to a little bit too much of a traditional standpoint, Mm -hmm. whereas Microsoft doesn't have one. But at the same time, you know, that traditional standpoint for both Sony and Nintendo has worked, has worked, especially in the Eastern market. And like there was somebody was talking about how for the first time ever, Microsoft uh, led in system sales in Japan <laughs> like last month. It really and it was like, well, everyone has a st- switch now. Yeah. I think they would want right. one. Um, Sony and Microsoft are kind of hard to get a hold of yeah. systems. Physical like, restraints. For right. Sure. So people are, and it's, and it, there's one, there's one, there's only one reason why they have, in my opinion, led in console sales in the Eastern market last month. And it's game pass because they don't even need to buy mm-hmm. a Series X or S. They can buy a one. Well, and I, I think, I mean, if that was last month, I, you know, if that coordinated with like maybe their E3 showing, and if it looked interesting right. enough to people, it was to before say, that actually. Oh, was it really? Yeah. Oh, huh, interesting. Yeah. I so don't I don't know. know. I was I know. thinking maybe that was enough to drive sales a little bit, and people would be like, "Man, there's enough on here to you know have me be like kind right. of drawn in." So, but man, I, I I'm excited to see what where they go, and they've got some great studios that they could do a lot with Microsoft. Right. And I just, I want them to build yeah. now. And I just need, see, this goes back to the frustration. I feel like I do, I do want, obviously Microsoft, the more all three of these companies succeed, the better it is for all, all the, other, the other two companies, no matter which one it is. But it's kind of like, there's this weird thing where, there's this there's a misconception right now that Microsoft has more games coming out, but they don't. Them and Nintendo or them and Sony basically have the same amount of games coming out in the next year ish, and I feel like Nintendo's lagging from that. And it's like Mario Golf. I was excited for Mario Golf. Then Dang. I saw all the reviews for Mario yeah, Golf. It's kind of disappointing. And I'm like, I was prepped to just go and buy it day and date. And like I was like, it's Mario Golf. They can't mess that up. They messed it up. <laughs> Apparently they messed it up. But like, I can't figure out games I want to buy coming up. Obviously, uh, Battlefield, we've talked about. It. I think I think we're all going to end up probably getting well, Battlefield. I'd be interested. I mean, I know a couple well, of EA our pl- friends. Well, so here's the thing. Luckily, EA Play is a part of Game Pass. Yeah. So they'll at least have 10 hours to try it. And if we get everybody together yeah. who downloads it and you try it, and as a group we play it, and it's good enough... Yeah, I think you might be able to get most of them. Battlefield's a hard game to get people interested in because it's so chaotic, and I could right. definitely see some people in our group having it be a little bit too much. Like, well, I just came back and died, and I just right. came back and died because it can get in that cycle where you're just right. like, what? what? What do I need to do to not die? And I don't know. But okay, so you've got Microsoft has um, Halo. Hopefully, hopefully they have Halo. I know. Fingers crossed no, on that. No release date. Sony has. Horizon, mm-hmm. hopefully, hopefully they they gave a release date though. Yeah, but so still. which is a little we bit hope more to than meet our right. <laughs> That's like the one the one lake up there. I feel between the yeah. two is we actually have a give, been given a release date, but like all the other games, large, triple um, A style video games coming out are all third party games. I think next year's the year where we'll really hopefully get to see. I still have in the back of my head. I don't think God of War releases until twenty two, oh, well, or twenty three. Oh, I was gonna say they've said as much for twenty two. No, no, twenty three. I don't mm-hmm. think it releases next year. We'll see. Um, I did see that Nether Realm has announced today that they are done supporting Mortal Kombat eleven and are well into supporting their next project. Mm. So probably the next Injustice yeah, we'll see or something happens. like that. That'd be um, a fun time. Supposedly, GTA doesn't come out till twenty. Four or five, I think is what they said. Do they need to do anything? I don't know. So I feel like they basically have a bank at their disposal at this they point. Do. They do. Um, <laughs> yeah, Red Dead and Red Dead Online and 
they they don't really have to do anything on GTA Online. They can just sit back and collect that money. To a point. I think at some point they're going to have to do something. The rumor is they're going back to Vice City, though, with GTA 7, which I really hope is the... Or six. 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 So, um, my topic. Um, And I'm hoping you'll have a little more input on this than initially. I've always wanted to talk about this, but with you playing where you've played in the show, I'm hoping maybe you have some from your own, a little bit of opinion on this. I want to talk about my ultimate um, sports game. Okay. So you have your typical setups, like our front franchise mode, like we do in um, our, our, our Madden league, right. which by the way, they're playing in the next couple of days. Super Bowl is going to be Justin V Justin. I lost in a very to ridiculous Justin. game to Justin Glacier last night. I literally almost, just forfeited the game at one point <laughs> i had st- i had throw the controller option i he wanted it he thought i did something at one point but i was holding my controller like this and i was sitting at my desk and i went and i just dropped it and he goes did i just hear something crash is something wrong and i'm like no i just literally dropped my controller on my desk i had two or three just fumbles in good at football yeah well plus i had two or three fumbles that made no sense <laughs> and i'm like why 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 now when all season i've not had a fumbling issue i've had an interception issue i will openly admit i threw too many fucking interceptions this season in this game i didn't have a fumbling issue at all and here that's i am not what madden thinks that's not what madden thinks um so you have your typical franchise modes and your seasons and any other you know online modes but so you got to play Road to the sh- uh, March to October, yes. which has Road to the Show elements, where you're only playing from one person's perspective for a little while. Um, did you ever play any other older sports games in the last fifteen years? Mm. Other than maybe some tennis here and there. Um, no, so really, NFL Two K. It had their had a from perspective of mode. Um, EA has done that a little bit, has played with that a little bit in Madden, where you're playing from the athlete's perspective. But Road to the Show is kind of where it like cultivated from for me was, and also um, uh, NCAA football had a very similar thing where you had your own living space as a character. And what I've my I'll use Road to the Show because it's my um, the best one I can think of, uh, or even if you've played any, anybody who's ever played any NBA 2K games lately, you've had their own living space for your, a specific character. Um, and they, and like they've, they've done it really good in NBA 2K to a point where you had to manage your sponsorships in a couple of your story modes. You had to go do, you didn't actually do them, but you had to pick and choose what sponsorships you took in and what events you partook in throughout the week. But like for me, an ultimate almost RPG style addition to an ultimate sports game for me would have where you start at the bottom, kind of like road to the show and you work your way up. Um, but like game day, if you, if you know, you have a game day, set a schedule and like have many events. Hey, you know, you need to work on hitting today. And like have it like where you're walking around the field and you can like you you have the field in an open environment and you're on the 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 baseball diamond and you can look out and you see a group of guys stretching you have a group of guys playing catch you have a you know you can go to um if you're a pitcher you can have the bullpen session and you just and have it set up that way and have different mini games where you need to do this or that right um and then throw in different um hey, you have a sponsorship deal with so-and-so and you have interviews where you have to talk to somebody like in a, uh, for a newspaper and you have to, depending on how your um, interview goes, depends on your perceived personality in the media and make that one of the things you have to balance. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then off season, you have to schedule your off season to stay prepped. <laughs> so you have more than just, hey, I finished our season. Right. Simulate. Yeah. All right, new season started. Let's go. Like, give me something more substance to it. Yeah. You, I, know, you come home and the kids are asking you to spend some time with them. <laughs> right, right, And you've right. got to decide, do I spend time Anyways, with them? Anyways, beyond or that. Or do I you know, that. spend time with my wife? So, and your wife could leave you and the kids and take the kids with you. In NBA divorced, 2K. You're a broken man. In NBA 2K and in NCAA um, football, 
that you had a house that you also maintained and like there was a trophy room where you could go and I think I think they were both just like click and point but like I'd like a 3d involvement environment walk around where you have a trophy room and I think it'd be cool if like so you live in St. Louis I'll use this as an example um, because you've got the arch that you can see from right Bush Stadium or whatever it is and like what if you set up uh, a hotel that was an or apartment complex where outside a main window you can see whatever stadium for the team you're playing for from an outside view right so like you're you could maybe see the arch and the down on the field but you've got a trophy room where you can track your 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 high score or your um depending on what it is like uh records yeah, yeah your type stuff your, your heisman yeah. trophies and all your other stuff and your sponsorships and you could sit and read catch up on what people are saying about you and manage your personality aspect and your social media. Right. Like some different things like that. Well, and then probably most important too, is then like you can go into your fishing room and get your fishing Uh, reel. Yes. And go every, every game and yeah, fish afterwards. And that helps your relaxation. So it kind of like calms you down a little bit. And then that way, the next game you're like a little bit steadier thrower. You could also do yoga poses. You do hot yoga. You know, Anyways, you, know, you can decide to go eat wings at the Buffalo Wild Wings. Or I think if you put a more immersive RPG style element, <laughs> you want like an that, open world RPG no, simulator, not open world, but like when you go game. to an environment, you have things you can do, and it affects your performance. So, like if you if you do the batting cages before the game, or if you t- partake in hitting practice, you get a bu- a boost. And depending, and you get to maybe pick, do you want like to work this, on contact? I think you were going to say buff first. I think a buff is a, good, a better thing to say. Whatever, a buff. You get a buff. Um, if you want to work on contact hitting, if you want to work on power hitting, you know, if you want to do a bunting session, you know, if you want to throw, if you want to throw um, batting practice, you can throw batting practice. Did any, oh, <laughs> still talking about. Uh, <laughs> yeah. My son was like, how many whirly twirlies did you give? He's like, I heard you, I heard you kept yelling about it. I will, by the way, I, there's a specific way to throw people. Oh, really? And I think that's what happened at one point when, I don't <laughs> so know. I rocketed out of the stage. When you were like, boom, was that, was that you that <laughs> yeah, was in was the. Yeah, me and Brent. We got rocketed out of the stage. Well, the three of us were spinning around. Yeah. And, so, and then all of a sudden I was like. What just happened? And it didn't count you out, or did it? No, it counted me out. Brent was oh, still in. Okay. I didn't remember it because I was like... It is hilarious. I was like, what? Because it wasn't the first time it happened. And I think whoever was doing it or however it happened, because they did what you're supposed to to throw people. Oh, okay. But I'm not going to tell you what that is. You can Google that on your own. But I was... I'll I'll do that. I was like, there's got to be a way to... Because I thought somebody throw somebody at one point just over the ledge. And I'm like, how do you just throw? Like, how do you get them to let go of you? Yeah. But I had a lot of fun with it. Anyways, yes, I would like an RPG element added to the... Open world simulator mm. fishing sports game. Yes. Which, by the way, and I think I put this in the chat. Yeah, because Jeff replied. Um, I'm looking for recommendations on uh, fishing games for my child who loves... I think he really got uh, a love of fishing and Animal Crossing. Um, Stardew Valley's fishing is a little annoying because you have to like keep a bobber in the middle and you have to sit there and pound on the A button and it's like yeah, pounding's never fun. Pounding's never fun in fishing and games. Certain, and fishing games. Let's, um, let's, yeah, let's be specific. So I'm looking for uh, pounding doughs fun. Pounding faces is fun. I love how I gave you a serious conversation with your topic, but whatever. What are you, how do you want me to respond? You want like I want the, to know like, if you do you immersive think, sports game? What, what do you, I mean? Exist. What is your opinion of that though? Like that would be incredible. Would you, was that something that would get you to play that type of a mode in a sports game? Like you said, you haven't tried Road to the Show yet. Absolutely not. No, <laughs> no, it's too much. It'd be like too much. Like I don't play The Sims because I'm like I'm living a life. That's what that would be if you were a sports player. There's only so I am not absolutely that one reason to play The Sims. To lock is, people in a room and no, burn that them. is to give yourself God mode <laughs> and all the money. Yeah, and build outlandishly amazing houses that right. you wish you could afford to build. See, that is literally the, the only reason I don't I've have ever played that the dream Sims. to be a simulate a world so much that I'm in it. I like like the stories that are told to me, like we were talking about with Sony, like. Right. Stories and games. Right. I like those stories and games because they have already gotten a direction of like, this is how it's going. It's like watching a movie and then you can kind of get involved in it and everything. But like, 
to then have to make so many decisions about like, what is this going to be? No, that's not pulling me into a game. It's showing me more things that I'm not going to do. <sighs> okay. I I'm mean, I, don't get me wrong though. Here's no, 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 don't, there's no reason to apologize. You are just talking to the wrong person. I know. Cause there are probably millions, if not billions of people that would love a game like that. That was more immersive. I am just not one of them. Here is something I have always said. I am sure that our friend, our Justins, would love a game like that. Okay, this is more getting your opinion on something that it's along the similar lines, like what you think of this. So, baseball games. Let me back up. I'm going to use NASCAR as an example because it's the easiest one to use for this example. Um, Sports games are like rated teen or E and up or whatever. So, they can't put... Dale Earnhardt Jr. used to have Budweiser as the sponsor. Every NASCAR game that came out, it said Dale Jr. across the hood. I get that because it's a video game geared more towards a younger audience. Now, I have contended for years, mostly with NASCAR games, but also um, Kaufman Stadium inside Road of the Show. Above the right field um, lunch area, whatever, is a huge Budweiser sign. It's not there in MLB. They should give you the option to spend the money to make a, like, obviously you have to be 18 years old and older to purchase this type thing. Cause they have, you can buy M for mature games on Xbox live and on PlayStation without having to be, there's no proof of your age. If the, if they can make more money off of it, a, replacement pack to put adult sponsorships into certain things. I would pay for DLC for a NASCAR game that if it changed all the real sponsors on the cars and availability to the actual sponsors. Horse armor all over again. Or I, I would. <laughs> I, I know that sound might sound stupid, but no, no. I but mean, like if you could people that would pay if, for it. If the baseball stadiums looked actually accurate and didn't say Royals Field well, what's um Coors Field for um uh, the Rockies. Mm-hmm. I think it just says Rocky Stadium, and it has does none of the Coors yeah. stuff on. There it. are people that are, you know, love sports way more than me that I know would be like, yes, I would pay for that. I'm just not one of them. Mm. But I'm happy that you would be wanting to pay. Do for you think that. that's stupid? No, I, I. It's one of those things. I'm like, I get it. Like whatever you are interested in, it, it's not harming anybody to be like, hey, I'd rather have you know, a actual, you know, simulated stadium that is accurate to what is out there. Okay. Well, if you enjoy, you know, you enjoy it, it's something that you like. Cool. All right. I've got one more plug I want to make. I know you're not going to like it. Uh I have been working tirelessly almost off and on between everything else I've been doing. Um, Starting next week, uh, the real superhero project will be back. I will have a normal episode just talking to people. And then my first review will be up of Superman with my friend Chris Kamler. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. Cool. So next week, uh, you will not only have an episode of the Untitled BS podcast. will be up on Monday on, uh, now I don't remember what day I was catching for. Monday or Wednesday will be the Real Superhero Project. So, And Sam has agreed to review a movie and come on. That is incorrect. <laughs> I mean, I have. But there are specifications. <laughs> right. But I'm thinking of changing the movie. <laughs> because I want a movie you haven't seen. Oh, interesting. And I'm not giving you the Blade movies. Oh. Because here's... I've never seen them. Because here's the thing. I would... We could have the, the full list almost all completely done except for the Blade movies. And I could have Sam sit down and review the, a Blade movie with me. And he'd put it at number one. Oh, 100%. And that's not a number one movie. That's actually not necessarily true. I just love it. It's a thing that I personally you, you, love. But you, you don't think it would definitely you don't it think, would move it up in the ranks depending on what you showed me. Like I'm not going to rate Blade above like Schindler's List or Saving Private Ryan. We're talking Ryan. about superhero movies. Oh, okay, superhero movie. So okay. like if it, if if the top three movies were say Endgame, Infinity War, and I don't know the first Superman movie. Like, which was the first Superman? Like Christopher, Christopher Reeves. Reeves? Okay. And you watched Blade. You wouldn't automatically go, mm, number three. For what? Blade would be yeah. number one? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course. That's, that's my problem. Blade's a badass, man. Why not? You got to go with him. 
Anyways, I might pick a different movie for you, um, but we're going to uh, Sam or what's it? Whoever, somebody else will be reviewing the movie. Sam says he might re- review, so we'll go from there. I don't remember that person's name at the moment. Do you? Uh, I'll have to look into it. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> That's Sam. How indebted I got into this. What'd you say? Nothing. <laughs> don't worry about it. Whatever. Sam, it's good talking to you as always. Likewise. Enjoy your games.